0: joining us as we hear an anointed word from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Let's uh let's pray first. That would be a good thing. Father God, we thank you this evening for this time and this place to gather together again. We look forward to receiving your word. That you will give insight into our beings. Help us to understand, Father God, we choose to receive, we make a decision right now that we will receive the Word of God and give it entrance and give it place into our life. All of us here this evening, we're dependent upon the Holy Spirit. He will open the eyes of our understanding. He'll help us to grasp. He'll illuminate the way that we can perceive your kingdom, your purpose, your plan in our lives. And Father, we ask this in Jesus' name, and we believe that we receive, and we all say amen. you know what amen means? So So be it. it. So So sometimes there may be somebody teaching or preaching that's saying some things, they don't make a point, and they say, can we say amen to that? Well, you want to be sure you agree with what they're saying, and it goes along with the word of God before you say amen to that, because you're saying so be it. You shouldn't have that problem this evening, by the way, so. Okay, everybody has a handout, I take it. All right. <clears throat> we'll be we're actually gonna be continuing on a whole series having to do with finances and the kingdom of God. And this evening, somewhat a review, some of these we've looked at before, but it's gonna be an introduction. <clears throat> As we go through, you'll see some things in here that we haven't talked about before. But I consider our first session to be like an introduction. <clears throat> on what God's going to reveal to us as we go through and look at this, these several weeks that we're going to have, we'll be here every Wednesday in the month of August, <clears throat> and I trust you can make it also. Or right, if you notice the heading on there, it says "Seed, Time, in Harvest," because when you no, when you sow a seed. If you've ever planted a garden, you know there has to be a certain span of time to pass for that fruit, that grain, whatever it's going to be that you planted, for it to come to a maturation time so it can produce what it was designed to do in the first place. So that's why it's, you sow the seed. There's a span of time, and then there's a time for the harvest. <clears throat> and let's go to Genesis chapter one this evening. <clears throat> we'll be we'll be using a Several scriptures as we go through here. The reason we're doing that <clears throat> is because the scriptures that we look at—you know what they're going to have to do with our session this evening, in every session as far as that goes—these scriptures are the seed that you and I are going to plant into our lives. And He's already guaranteed us that seed will produce after it's kind. If you don't tear it up and do something to it to abbreviate its process. That seed gets sown, time will pass, and then you'll have a harvest. So these scriptures that we look at, it's more than just looking up a reference in the Bible. It is the Word of God. It's in the Bible. But that's the seed that we're going to plant into our lives in what we're talking about here. All right, Genesis 1, Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 and 12. And God said, notice he didn't have a thought and just keep it to himself. He said something. And so guess what you and I are going to have to do in our life? You're going to have to say something. Whosoever shall confess with his mouth and believe in his heart. Now that's a different scripture, but you get the point. It's seed, it's word that we need to sow. God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. He declared it, and that is exactly what was going to happen. The next verse, verse 12. And the earth brought forth grass, and herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And you and I can see that that's good today. We have trees that bear fruit after their kind. How many you like fruit? Well, God instituted that way back when. <clears throat> so God said, the earth brought forth, and God saw that that was good. <clears throat> Let's move on to the very next chapter now, Genesis chapter 2. And beginning with verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Can anybody remember a comment? I mean, this this would be rare if you did. If you did remember, I would think. But can you remember a comment I might have made when we talked about that verse before? It says, In the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. It's the first case of CPR in the Bible. That won't be on any test. You don't have to worry about that. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. What that is, they will come up in another verse we look at in a different way. We'll see in that verse, it says something a little bit different. It goes exactly along with it, but there's just a difference. It'll be... It'll be clear when we get to that verse. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. So, I mean, we're going way back to the book of beginnings here, right? In Genesis, and he tells us how he formed man of the ground. And that word, we, we looked at up before one of our times, that word when he says forms, it's like a part of squeezing something into shape. And so that's what he did literally to you and I. This body that we have fashioned here now came from him forming it from the ground. And that's all it was, was a body. Until he spoke and breathed into with the breath of life, then we became a, a living soul Right after that, specifically tells us the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. So it was always in God's design and intention to have man in the garden. And we'll see other verses telling us what he expected him to do in that garden. But there was always going to be a garden, and man was going to be the one that was in control of that garden. He was the one that's going to run the whole show, you might say. That's true in your life and my life. There's a garden that you and I need to plant things in to that soil because of the seed that God gives us, which is his word. And then that will produce the same way a natural garden. You plant the correct seed and have the right nutrients in that ground. Well, that's going to grow up. I mean, if you plant a radish, you don't expect to go out there and pick carrots. Did you know radish is one of the crops? I guess we can say if I use that word that has the quickest maturation time. Wow. From the time that you plant a radish until you can have it in your salad is 30 days. That's pretty quick on a, a lot of other crops. So you plant it the first of the month, 30-day month. By the end of the month, you can harvest that and have it in your salad. <clears throat> no extra charge for that one either. So <clears throat> I don't sell radishes. So I don't... <laughs> okay, <clears throat> let's go to verse 15 in this Genesis chapter two. In the Lord God took the man. Now this is the man that He just previously formed. And he placed him in the garden. And now it says, As The Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So God made Adam. He placed him in this garden that he created. And Adam's charge was to dress it and to keep it. <clears throat> dress it, that word has the connotation and the meaning of its Toil. It's servitude, something he had to do in that garden. How we can characterize that to us, there's something for you and I to do to work in this garden that God has put us in. We sow the word of God with our mouth. It's going to help if we believe that word of God, that God's the one that gave it to us, that he's the source of all this us and had it planned out. And then when we sow that seed, it is going to produce after his kind because he said so. And so that's part of our toiling or working and oversight in that garden. But it also, interestingly, he says he told him to dress it and to keep it. Anybody remember what we might have said about that word keep before? It's the word shema, and it means you have oversight. You're going to protect it. In other words, you keep it. I would say that's the first hint that there's going to be an enemy to man. God has been pla- man has been placed in this garden. God created and gave it to Adam. And his charge was to dress it and to keep it. He was going to work, till it, take care of it. And then he had to be a protector. He had to give oversight to that garden. <clears throat> to guard and protect it. It actually means, highly definition says, to hedge about with thorns. Now, if you was going to put a fence up, if you put a fence up and had big thorn bushes all the way around it, that's going to hinder some people from getting in. Oh yeah. So he hedges it about and he guards and protects it. So. <clears throat> all right. Uh, now let's jump over to the New Testament and the Gospel according to John, chapter 20. Actually, I didn't want to do that. Let me go here. Gospel according to John, chapter 20. We're going to start with verse 19. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. Find that interesting. This is one of the reasons they were up there. It was sort of secluded, if you will. There was a reason why they did have fear of the Jews. There had been a lot of things going on just prior to this. It says, Jesus, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, peace unto you. He knew there was some fear of the Jews going on in their life and what they were dealing with and what had just all transpired. And so he comes and ministers peace to him. He says, peace unto you. That word peace has to do with meaning set at one again. Certainly it's peace, it's calmness, there's no major distraction or fear or toil going on, but it also means set at one again. It says we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, we're set at one again. We are back in relationship with the Heavenly Father. And that's what Jesus ministered unto them when he came into this situation and and knew what they were in. He stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. I find that sort of an interesting, the way that's worded. The disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. You think? I mean, uh, <laughs> he's been crucified and things have happened. And so, and that's why they were humble. I mean, you know, as- assembled there in fear of the Jews was what was going on. Jesus shows up in the meet, midst, knows what they're like, speaks peace unto them. And then he says, he showed him his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again. Peace unto you. As the Father hath sent me, even so I send you. Did the Father send Jesus with a plan, a purpose, and a function that he had to carry through? Certainly he did. Jesus said, Even so send I you. And so the Spirit of God sends, equips us so that we can go. And do the work in this context, do the work of the garden that God intended for us to plant, to sow His word into our lives, to have it bear fruit after its kind. And so He's saying, The way, peace unto you, as Father hath sent me, even so I send you. And when He had said this, He breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. This is part of the verse I was referring to a minute ago. It breathed when they were in the garden. He breathed the breath of life into them. Here, Jesus is saying to them, He breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Now fortunately, you and I are in the church and assembly that believes the Holy Spirit is absolutely necessary in our life. And he is absolutely necessary in our life. I mean, any subject that you're going to study in the Bible, the Holy Spirit's going to be the one that gives you understanding, that opens enlightens you, so you can be able to grasp it, and then you can apply it into your life. Then, so to speak, then you can sow that into your garden. That word of God is seed, and expect it to produce after its kind. <clears throat> Uh, another, another side question before we move on. Let me, let me read exactly what he said again. He said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Who wants to d- venture a guess on what that word receive means? You're right. <clears throat> First letters, well, I'll give you the Greek word because I've given that to you before. So do that and we'll see if that make trigger something. First letters, L. Second letter is A. Oh, yeah, we know what you say. Lambano. It means to take and get a hold of. And we shared before, somebody, well, here we're talking about seed time and harvest and finances of the kingdom of God. Somebody could offer you a $10 bill, a $20 bill, a $50 bill, a $100 bill. If they offer you a $13 bill, you might as well not take it anyhow. But... It's up to you whether you want to receive that or not. And if you did want to receive it, you would take and get a hold of it. That's how you would partake of it. Well, that's what this word lambano was here. This, when he says, receive ye the Holy Ghost, that word receive is lambano. Take and get a hold of it. So the seed of the word of God that we're going to look, look at here over several sections, several sessions, that the Spirit of God is going to open the eyes of our understanding and help us to see, we need to take and get a hold of that Word. Now, it, be, it may be very new to many people, depending on whether they've, they've ever heard anything like this before. And then you're going to have to decide, well, is that the Word of God or not? And when one reference refers to another reference, refers to another reference, we can begin to see if this is the plan and purpose of God. Well, then our part is to take and receive that. Take it to ourselves, so then we can do something with it. The Holy Spirit is essential. We cannot do without him if we are going to rule and reign here on this earth now. The kingdom of God is manifested through Holy Spirit-filled believers. You say, well, I don't know if you should say that that way. There may be some people... They don't believe in receiving the Holy Spirit. Well, if that's the case, I would suggest they need to change their mind. They need the lambane or the truth. I mean, didn't Jesus say, receive ye the Holy Ghost? Didn't he warn them ahead of time, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem till you be endued with power from on high? That came from the Holy Spirit. And so we need, we're absolutely dependent upon the Holy Spirit in our lives, And we're also absolutely dependent on the Holy Spirit if we're going to cooperate with seed, time, and harvest. He is the one that's going to open the eyes of our understanding so that we can cooperate with him. Instead of it just being a subject that somebody talks about, you and I can have understanding inside of us of what this means. What, I mean, he instituted this. We, went back. we started with the first book, chapter in the Bible here when we started looking at these scriptures. This has been his plan since day one. And his plan will come to pass. It is coming to pass, but you and I want to become a part of it and become more so a part of it, become more proficient. <clears throat> the New Testament has a lot to say about sowing seed and reaping a harvest. The verses we looked at above reveal that this was always in God's plan and purpose for man to sow and reap. The Bible does not say reap and sow. Sowing always comes before reaping. And again, in the natural just growing up, if you were never a farmer, there may be some relative in your family or somebody you knew a neighbor that had a garden and you'd learn a little bit about it even if you was a child or whatever. It's always God's plan. You sow and then there's a promise of reaping. But it is not that you reap first or then maybe I'll sow. It doesn't work that way. Seed comes first. Then time or maturity followed by the harvest. Any seed that you plant, it is going to produce after its kind because God's already declared that way back in Genesis. That's the way it's going to work. Depending on what that seed is or what that tree is and all, there's going to be a whole lot depending on how much time it takes for this harvest to come forth. <clears throat> but that was the intention. We're going to sow seed to have a harvest. Okay, now we're going to look at the tithe. Malachi chapter 3. And one might say, well, why are we going to look at the tithe? I thought this had to do with seed time and harvest. It does. And the tithe is very important in that as well. Malachi chapter 3, we'll be reading from verses 8 down through 12. Will a man rob God? That sort of sounds strange in a way, doesn't it? <clears throat> who who, do, who would one think, Well, who, who in the world can pull off a robbery with God? Well, we'll read on and we'll see and help us understand that. Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, well, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Ye are cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. <clears throat> now, this is explicit language but it helps us to understand why it's in there. He's letting them know that if you refuse, and the word tithe, we've mentioned this before, we'll do it again, help us to see, tithe means a tenth. And in the kingdom of God, it's always referred to as the first tenth. If you have a dollar, if somebody gives you a dollar, you could have ten dimes in that dollar. well, the first dime, the first tenth, which would be what God calls holy unto him. That's the tithe. And if you had, if somebody gave you, instead of that $1 bill, they gave you a $1,000 bill. Well, that's even better. I suggest you land bane on that one. <clears throat> Take and get a hold of it. But there's still going to be a first tenth to that. And that first tenth is what's holy and belongs unto God, and he wants us to return that to him and don't be in the position of a robber. Yet yeah, curse with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Verse 10. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith. Well, what are we going to prove God with? We're going to prove that we're going to bring the first tenth, which is holy and belongs unto him, to him. We're going to recognize who he is. And believe me, that is for our benefit, as we'll see a little later on. That is our benefit to be able to return the tithe to him. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven, and pour you out a blessing that there should not be room enough to receive it. Now, certainly, every other promise God has given us, he's able to stand behind that promise and bring it to pass for everybody in the world that wants to believe his word. This one's no different. He's going to pour out a blessing that's going to cause things to change in our life. And he can and will do that. And as we begin... To cooperate with Him in that, you can see that manifest in your life. Many times, without you knowing it, you have to have an aha moment, woke up in the dawns and be, well, what in the world happened here? Well, that's God arranging things in your benefit because you are honoring Him, you're returning that first first tenth, which is holy and belongs unto God, it tells us. I'll pour you out a blessing that there should not be room enough to receive it, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. This is something God has declared. He declared some things way back in Genesis 1. We've looked at that. And they all came to pass. These things are going to come to pass. Let me ask you, can you believe John 3.16, that God so loved the world and you're now born again, you're in the kingdom of God? It's the same God that's telling us this. Why could we not believe him? You'll notice one of the areas that believers in general have more problems in their life than other areas is in the area of finances. Well, why would that be? Well, first of all, you had this enemy that's now in this earth, and the money in this earth, a lot of that is controlled by him. But he cannot control the finances in our life if we will choose to believe God's word, take it for what it says, allow the Spirit of God to reveal that to us, and then we sow that seed, that promise into our life. You'll have to remind yourselves at times. I had the occasion to be talking to somebody today, interestingly enough. Uh, I, I don't see them that often, but I actually gave him one of our outline sheets tonight. And before, you, before he even had a chance to read it, he wants to know, well, what do you think about the tithe? <laughs> I says, well, you do have that paper I gave you. I suggest you go read that. But I didn't, then I explained to him. And then after a while, he, he could begin to see some things. But God is concerned with our financial situation. He wants us to be the head and not the tail. He did not design us to be that. He wants us to be above only and not beneath. He has plans and purposes for you, you and I. It's line upon line, precept upon precept. Is we'll grasp a whole of one area. Take one scripture, one of these promises he's made, begin to look at that scripture, begin to look all around that scripture, the context is given in, so you can have a perception of it, and then the Spirit of God now has something to work with. He has you to work with so he can show something else to you, so you can make the step. He's the one that has to bring this to pass. He's one, you know, open his mouth and says, because he says he said it, he's going to one, he says, I'll pour it a and up, ruined room not receive it. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sakes, and he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast their fruit before the time in the field. Saith the Lord of hosts. This is his word. And again, I like to make that comparison. We believe John 3.16, what hinders us from believing this. It's another part of his kingdom. It's a vast kingdom as pastor's been teaching us. And that's what he wants us to grasp. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We have have the U.S. dollar. My dad is going through some changes in itself right now. But whatever the currency is, whatever the finances is, God is going to take care of you and I. If we seek first the kingdom of God in earth as in heaven. They don't have any problem with finances in heaven. Everything's taken care of anyhow. But he can absolutely fulfill his word in our lives in these areas as well. Uh, Verse 12. All nations shall call you blessed, for you shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. And how many nations have wondered and marveled even today about this little tiny nation of Israel over there, they want to. They want to. They have enemies that want to squash him. But what they don't know, the lot of hosts will decide what happens. But part of my point is being they've done magnificent field things in Israel in the fields and growing crops and stuff and all. They they send crops around the world now. So, well God intends to do that for us. <coughs> <coughs> Uh, all right, about the center of the page where it says the tithe the first tenth that line I want to point this out lest I forget it and I almost did your tithe is the key to your sowing being blessed and that's one of the things I shared with that individual today well you don't have to tithe You don't have that. I mean, you can do what you want. You don't have to. I suggest you understand what the word is saying to us and why and what he can do in us and through us when we'll believe him and partake of that. But I would suggest to you for a person that's not tithing, number one, according to his word that we want to believe in, he said you're robbing him. And so therefore you're not going to be blessed in your sowing if you wanted to sow because the tithe comes first, not your sowing. The tithe is first. Then you sow, and then you'll reap a harvest. So I would suggest that your tithe is the key to your sowing being blessed. And I think that would help some individuals that for whatever reason may not be tithing right now. Like if they could see this context with that, that may enlighten them a little bit. But first thing that we'd always come to is believing God's word. He's the one that gives us the instruction. Just say, well, the tithe is in the Old Testament. Well, there's certainly instituted in the Old Testament, but there's references throughout the New Testament that certainly mention the tithe. It hasn't been done away with so to speak. <clears throat> All right, let's go back to the book in beginnings again, Genesis 1.11. Let me try hitting this and see if I got that right. Genesis 1.11. <clears throat> and God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, the herb-yielding seed, and the fruit tree-yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth, and it was so. The notes tell us that it says, seed produces after its kind. Have you sown in the area that you want to harvest in. This makes a difference. We'll see a little bit more as we go along here. Have you sown in the area you want want harvesting? You say, well, why you mention that? Because the beginning part of this tells us that seed produces after its kind. I mean, don't plant a garden and go out there and and the crops have been in in the ground for a while and they're beginning to come forth and you say, Radishes? I know that's quick, but I really wanted cucumbers. Well, you're not going to talk that radish into becoming a cucumber. Mm -hmm. Why not? Because seed produces after its kind. Another way we could say that, another illustration, and we're talking about this, is you could sow a $1 bill into somebody's life. Guess what that $1 bill is going to produce? $1 bill harvest. Now, it might be multiples of $1 bill harvest because he said he'll abundantly supply. But seed produces after its kind. Have you sown in the area you want harvest in? If you want or need a new suit or dress, I'll pass on the dress. I may go for the suit. But Do you suppose you should plant potatoes, Now, that's meant to be strange. Certainly, you wouldn't plant potatoes if what you wanted was a suit or a dress because seed produces after its kind. So, well, I'll I'll hold off on that thought for just a second here. If you want to need a new suit or dress, do you suppose you should plant potatoes? If not, why not? Because potatoes are going to produce potatoes. Now, if you wanted to take a bunch of potato, baked potato skins and try to sew them together to make a dress, well, then help yourself. But that's, that's not the intent. Our point is, seed always produces after its kind. You sow a dress, you will reap a dress. You say, well, what are we talking about sewing dresses for? me, come on. Well, we're, we're trying to make a point, I like and say something a little bit different another way. <clears throat> when it comes to our sowing and reaping, you could sow a dress into somebody else's life. I mean, it's used just as an object. Obviously it could be anything. And then you can believe if a harvest to come that the person that receives that dress is probably going to be very thankful for it and they're going to wear it and enjoy it. And you say, yeah, but if I wanted to dress, I, I don't really want to sew a dress into their life and then wait, somebody give me a dress, I don't even like the color of it or something. This is part of being trained in cooperating with the kingdom of God. Believe that God understands you and knows you and that you can begin, Now, again, this is assuming you are already a tither. Let me stress that point again. Because your tithe is what's gonna cause the blessing to be on the seed that you sow. So, okay, here's where I want to go. Let's see if we can get this point out here. <clears throat> you could just go by a dress, guaranteed. I could just go by a suit if I want to, guaranteed. But to begin to cooperate with the kingdom of God, what God promises say, why can't we try to prove God's promises in our life? And so that you purposely so, addressing to somebody else's life. Again, this is just the object. Knowing you could go buy the dress you wanted anyhow, but you want to see the kingdom of God produce in your life. And so now, the Most High, who has his eyes over all things and watching over our lives, he can become involved. The Spirit of God can become involved and then cause a dress that you'd probably be surprised you like it so much to come to you. In other words, you wouldn't just be buying a natural object with natural money on your own, making the decision to do it, In the kingdom of God not really involved at in all. But the kingdom of God, we can receive from our sowing. And that's how we can cooperate with that. That's just an object lesson, if you will. <clears throat> and so, in, believe me, I've been challenged to do that especially in the past several months, not so addressed. <clears throat> I mean, I make that one clear. But thinking about that, I figured, man, it's, you know, we, we, just, we just go buy it, whatever it is we want. Yes, you can do that. But how about seed time and harvest? Well, I don't. I don't, know. I, mean, I don't have time to play around with that. So wait for something to come in. Don't know if it's going to work. Whoa, 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 back up a minute. Back, what do you mean don't know? If it's going to work, I, I thought some of these scriptures were as true as John three sixteen. Well, you better believe they are, because somebody said something and instituted it, and is causing it to come to pass. It's up to him to cause. Do you think he runs the kingdom of God? Okay, I think he does a very good job, and we'll even do better in our understanding in life if we will allow him to. It's funny how I've been challenged in those areas, and I tell you. Another part about that, how am I doing here on time anyhow? Another part of that is, <clears throat> again, we, we've spoken about the tithe, and the tithe, I would say, is what's going to cause the blessing to come on your sowing and reaping. In God's plan of sowing and reaping, far surpasses what man thinks anyhow. When he uses the figures 30, 60, and 100-fold. And I'll be honest with you, when I first started hearing those things, I, mean, I don't know about that thing, a hundredfold. I don't know if I can I would I, This is what I was thinking. Was I going around testifying in church? No. But it would have been, I was thinking, Pastor shares many times what you're thinking and feeling. It helps us to get insight. Well, I'll tell you, this fellow that's up here trying to speak on finance, some of the thoughts I had before. I don't know if I, don't think, I, don't know if I could ever get a hundredfold. I don't need a hundredfold. But the real reason I was saying that now, I would admit to it, is I don't think I could ever get a hundredfold. Well, you're a great man of faith, you are, but let's just stick with the 30-fold, and the 30-fold's pretty good. I mean, if you sowed a $100 bill into somebody's life, 30-fold's pretty good harvest. Now, that's not $30, it's not $300, it's three grand. Well, you gotta be kidding me. Oh, whoa, oh, get your math out of here, get the calculator. You're trying to tell me you sold a hundred-dollar bill into somebody's life, and then even on the the figures he uses, is and a fold On the thirty-fold, that would be a three-thousand-dollar. I, I suggest that may put tilt on you when you first hear it. First, try to believe it. First, try to operate in it. <clears throat> and this is one of the areas that we're we're going to spend more time in. I mean, this general thing I'm talking about now, just in a, introducing that part, but. But when we go on for these four weeks of classes, we're going to see how God is very concerned about you and I to be able to receive these promises and cooperate with them. We are actively involved with the kingdom of God. This world, the world and the world system, they don't care too much about the kingdom of God. First of all, they don't know much about it anyhow. But they don't concern about it. they got their own system. And so I'm suggesting to you and I that the Spirit of God wants us to be able to cooperate with his kingdom. More than enough. Doesn't it say exceedingly abundant beyond all we can ask or think? Isn't that one of the things he said? Well, that 30-fold will fit in that bill. Well, that's, I mean, I choked at it. To get the to 100. We didn't even get to the 100-fold yet. Let's get the 30-fold. Get the 30-fold working and you'll be doing fine. But then you can progress. Because then you're going to have more confidence. You're going to know that that system that he spoke, that he brought into in fruition in this earth, in our lives, we're going to know it works. Well, then you can go on and progress more. And then you can be a financier of the gospel of Jesus Christ on this planet earth. And I believe there's people in this assembly that God wants to do that with. Absolutely. And It'll be a demonstration. And they can make you a big shot, big man, big woman, but it's going to make you cooperating with the kingdom of God. God can use that, and then you can go on to other things, and that'll get some people's attention. They say, how did you ever get there? Well, let me tell you. So, <clears throat> Okay, moving right along. <clears throat> the number one reason people do not reap a harvest. Now, I did not get this out of the King James Version, you can understand. This is a speculative point. The number one reason people do not reap a harvest, they have not sown. You do not reap and then sow. Now, you can sow after you reap. You've got an enormous windfall coming in or something. But the point being, if people don't have any confidence, if they've never sown, well, obviously, they're not going to reap a harvest. Now, I'm not shocked this evening that I do not have cucumbers and tomatoes growing in my backyard because I didn't plant any. Now, when it was up north in Maine, my sister and brother-in-law, they planted a garden. They had a very nice garden where well, we were partaking of that garden while I was there. Stuff tasted pretty good, too, I might add. So. <clears throat> okay, so, but if you don't sow, you're not going to be reaping a harvest. You can pray. You can make confessions However, if you have not sown seed, you cannot expect the harvest. And this is us cooperating with God's kingdom again. When we started looking at verses, God's the one that instituted creation of man. God's the one that right off planted a garden. He planted a garden. He's the one to put Adam in that garden and had him dress it and keep it. Well, It's the same in our lives. We're living in a different time frame also. Many things different about it. But it is seed, time, and harvest is the purpose and plan of the kingdom of God. Okay, let's go to Galatians chapter 6. The number two reason people do not reap a harvest, Galatians chapter 6 verse 9. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Faint has to do with relaxing, loosening up. And, well, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that will be the case in your life. I know it's the case in my life on on of occasions that I had absolutely purposely sowed, and I'm believing God for the harvest, but time goes on, and because it hasn't happened right off, then you give up on it, if you will. You forget about it. You move on. You've fainted. You've walked away from it. That's not his fault. His promise is still true. Uh, Let me read that again. Let us not be weary in well-doing for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Due season. That's an interesting one. How many of you have ever heard of Brother Keith Moore? Fantastic Bible teacher. Fantastic. Uh, Was listening to, well actually many times listened to this series on giving and receiving seed time and harvest with him. And in teaching this one class, he in referring to this scripture, he says, you know when due season is? And there's a pause and some people are thinking and maybe mumbling a few things. He says, due season is longer than you want it to be. <laughs> <clears throat> but there is a time for everything. The Bible says there's a time to plant, time to reap, and all there's certain maturity rates for crops and all. And so there is a due season. But we're not not to be weary in that. We're not to give up on it. Uh, Another reason some do not reap a harvest, they think it is automatic, was the word that came to me to put in there. Thinking, well, I have... Okay, thank you. I got seven minutes, folks. They use them wisely, so... Normally I can't have that phone on in church, but I have an exception seed and I got it up here for a time. They think it's automatic. Well I've sown and God said I'll reap a harvest. Man sows the seed. God gives the increase. Man reaps the harvest. We're the ones that have to plant in that garden. We have to guard and protect it, dress and keep it. God is the one that's going to give the increase, the 30, 60, 100 full. Radishes, cucumbers, tomatoes, $1,000 bills, whatever you want to call it. God's the one that provides the increase. And then man is the one that reaps the harvest. If you do not reap that harvest, now you know that would happen in the natural, right? You could have planted 10 acres west of here, north of here, or wherever, with several crops this year. They begin to grow up. You even went there a few times and watered them. Then you get busy with somebody else. You Mm -hmm. met a new girlfriend, whatever the case may be. You never even go back there again. Mm -hmm. Well, that harvest is still going to come forth, but you're not going to benefit from that harvest if it just lays there and goes to waste in there. Man plants, man harvests, but the in between the big part, God is the one who gives the increase and causes it to produce. So that would be a reason we can sometimes... Miss out on the harvest also. All right, let's go back to the book of beginnings, beginnings, Genesis chapter Mm 8. Genesis chapter 8, verse 22. While the earth remaineth, Seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Who said that? God said that. God's one says a lot of things, and the things that He says is seed for you and I to sow into our own life. So for those individuals that want to, I don't know their motivation, some may actually believe it wrongly so, but they're talking about global warming and we're going to float away in an ice cube here nine weeks or something. I suggest they read this word. Now, God is large and he's in charge. And he's the one that authored this. And he says, while the earth remains, is planet earth still here? Well, last night I checked it was. Sea time and harvest, cold and heat. They still have cold in Maine in the winter, even though it gets cold down here. It gets cold up there. Cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. Now, when we came in this evening, it was still somewhat of a daylight out there. It'll be dwindling by the time we leave here this evening. You'll be out here 410, don't worry. But I mean, it'll be dark sooner or later. So God is the one that instituted all this. And so seed time and harvest is still around and is still viable part of the kingdom of God in our lives. <clears throat> uh, reading from the note on that, it says this is God's promise to us concerning our future in sowing a seed and reaping a harvest. It's going to be here as long as this earth remains. And you and I can absolutely partake of it, and we must partake of it if we're ever going to eat the fruit. If you ever want to eat a cucumber, somebody's going to have to plant that cucumber. All right, and now uh, to the last verse we'll look at this evening, Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah 55, verses 10 and 11. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth in bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I sent it. That was the King James Version. I want to read another version of that this evening to you. This is a version called God's Word. This is the way it reads. Rain and snow come down from the sky. They do not go back again until they water the earth. I like the way that that's put because we have what they call the hydrological cycle. Rain comes down, evaporation is going to take it back up in the clouds, and that's why we have moisture to grow crops and everything else. So it it is a part of that. Rain and snow come down from the sky. They do not go back until they water the earth. They make it sprout and grow so that it produces seed for farmers, and food for people to eat. My word, which comes from my mouth, is like the rain and snow. It will not come back to me without results. It will accomplish whatever I want and achieve whatever I send it to do. Now, that's something that's a goal for you and I to partake of in the kingdom of God. When we speak God's word, when we sow God's word in agreement with what he's instructed us, and he's in the author of it all, he's absolutely declaring, it will not return to me void. And that's where you and I need to grow in. that. We, we can say the exact same thing. All right? it, what, we're, what we're declaring now and what we're confessing, we want to make sure that is the word of God. And when it is, I mean, the same way, it's, it's relatively simple, we could say, to lead somebody in John 3:16, help them see it become born again. In many other areas, we believe that truth. We declare that truth. Well, this is another area of the truth. See, time and harvest is part of the kingdom of God. It'll work, and God declares it'll not return to me void. That's where you and I need to operate in. Well, we declare the word of God, because of what we believe in our heart about what God's word says, it's not going to return to us void. And we need to continue. Working with that, allowing that to become a part of our life, allow it to begin to, begin to grow in our life. <clears throat> and it'll achieve whatever I send it to do. I like the idea of that, the way, the way it's worded that way. It hasn't changed from the King James that we read, and it's meaning the same thing. So <clears throat> so that's a introduction this evening, if you will. And we're going to go on to, obviously, some more parts. Some of this is obviously regrouping from sessions we had had before. It helps, it does us good to hear these things again, begin to put our eyes on them, what the Bible says, what God has declared, what he's instituted. And I think we have, well, I do think we have it, but I think I would say I know we have it. We have a leg up, if we can use that phrase, in being part of a body of Christ that believes in the Spirit of God and His necessity in our lives and believes the kingdom of God. God did not, as Pastor's very cable said many times, he didn't it isn't just getting saved and now I'm waiting to go to heaven. That wasn't God's plan at all. And it's not now. And we'll have more fruit in our life. We'll be more fulfilled as we cooperate with that. Give that word entrance into our life so it can produce after its kind in our lives, and then we can begin to cooperate with him. Father, I thank you for our time together this evening. I thank you for your word. I thank you for the Holy Spirit. We call for the kingdom of God to come and the will of God to be done in all of our lives. We say, in earth, as it is in heaven. And Father, we thank you for our time together. I thank you for these believers that set apart some time in their life to come here the word of God, and give it entrance into their life. I speak the blessing of God that maketh rich, and he adds no sorrow upon everyone's here this evening. And Father, I thank you that they'll be able to take out the handouts, they'll be able to take the books and begin to feed that into their lives so that you can enlarge things in their lives, so you can cause them to grow and become more proficient in these areas. And we thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. For For more from Treasure Coast Victory Center, visit us at mytcbc.com.